Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Mighty deeds and great accomplishments 
shall be the testimony. So fulfill your ministry before the time is done. Make full proof of your calling. So fulfill your ministry before the time is done. Make full proof of your calling. Afternoon. I want to thank um, Vicky for this um, appropriate and very anointed song, Fulfill Your Ministry. I prophesy to you that you will fulfill your ministry. Amen. I prophesy to you as you watch me yes. that you will fulfill your ministry oh, in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. Bible says that God will not let the words of his servants mm. fall to the ground. Yes. I see you fulfilling your ministry in the name of Jesus. Amen. I see you making full proof of your ministry. Amen. I see you going all the way. Yes. You will not back down. Oh, yes. I said you will not back down. Yes. You are moving forward. Yes, Lord. You are planting churches. Yes. You are starting more churches. Yes, Lord. You are becoming great in starting yes, churches. Lord. I see you starting 10 churches. Yes. I see you starting 20 churches. Yes. I see someone starting 50 churches. Yes, Lord. I see someone starting 100 churches. Yes, Lord. Through you, 100 churches oh, are coming yes. out. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. There's somebody watching me. Through your ministry, 1,000 churches will be started. You will not close your eyes in death until 1,000 churches have been started. Receive it in the name of Jesus. God is doing it for you. Yes, Lord. God is doing it for you. Yes, Lord. I see 1,000 churches. Yes. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive that the spirit is flowing. Yes. It is not by might or by power. Yield yourself. Yield yourself. Yes. Yield yourself. It is not by might or by power. Yes. God is looking for vessels. God is looking for yielded vessels. Yes. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The anointing and the power to have 1,000 churches. Receive it in the name of Jesus. God will use you. Amen. In India, God will use you. Amen. In Canada, God will use you. Amen. In Dominica, God will use you. Amen. Wherever you are, start churches. The anointing to start churches is coming upon you. The seed is the word of God. Receive the seed in the name of Jesus. Receive the seed in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Reko taya bali moye indarele bosifala kabosima kosima kasula makata yekoshima shukaria kepaluka be kalabala basuma yelaba the seed is bearing fruit 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 you are the fruit the seed is bearing fruit through your ministry god is using you to start a hundred churches god is using you to start 60 churches god is using you to start 30 churches receive it in the name of jesus receive it in the name of jesus it is happening yes it is happening 
the seed is the word of God. Yes. The troubles you are going through on the mission field, God is crushing you. Amen. That the oil will come out. Oh, yes. The olive has to be crushed, has to be beaten, so that the oil will come out. It's coming out. I have been through many things in the ministry. I have seen many difficulties in ministry. I've been through many ministerial experiences that have crushed me. They've only served for the oil to come out. Oh, yes. Yes. They've only led to fruitfulness in ministry. Yes. You are going what, through what you are going through. You are going through what you are going through because the oil needs to come out to bless many people. Yes. Receive it in the name of I Jesus. Receive it. I see your oil coming out. Oh, yes. Let it flow. Your nation is being blessed. Let it flow. By your oil. Let it by your oil. Flow. By your oil. By your oil. Today you are nothing. Yes. But tomorrow you will be a significant father. These are the two words. A significant father. Even though today you are nothing. Bible says for who are despised the day of small things. Today the day of small things when you are despised. Yes. But tomorrow, tomorrow you will be a significant Hallelujah. father. Receive the word of the I Lord it. in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you are all welcome to today's um, today the last day of church planting. Next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we will be um, doing loyalty and disloyalty. Wow. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor Abhishek from India, you are welcome. Pastor Ampere from Ottawa, Canada, you are welcome. Ah, missionary Chandler Dotin from, I think, um, Dominican Republic. Maybe let me answer your question you sent. You sent a question yesterday. It's not yet time for solutions in the Macari, but let me just answer it. About communication, the question you sent, uh, missionary Pastor Chandler Dotin, was that what would be the one advice I would give for success on their mission field? I would say communication. Yeah, everything is in communication. Communication is like prayer. Everything is by prayer. Amen. Amen. When you communicate, you receive advice for your difficulties. Mm. When you communicate, you receive solutions for your marital challenges. Mm. When you communicate, you receive financial input for your poverty. Mm. When you communicate, you will receive encouragement in your depression. Mm. When you communicate, you will receive additional missionary help and support in your mission field. Amen. When you communicate, all your questions will be answered. You know, um, communication is probably the only um, single factor that will determine your success or failure on the mission field. So communicate. How do you communicate? You communicate at three levels. Communicate with those above you, your superiors who sent you, and, either, and other senior ministers. Communicate at your level. You see, when you communicate with those above you, you receive input that only fathers and senior ministers can give when you communicate at your level 
you receive encouragement and shared experiences and you see whatever you are going through you are not alone when you communicate with those below you i mean so at your level is like your fellow missionaries or your fellow pastors in other mission fields you you see that you are going through the same thing they are going through and you get encouraged when you communicate with those below you what happens is that you will find out that you are able to now impart into those below you and it encourages you that look you are not as bad as you thought you were that somebody is depending on you so you cannot give up so you need to communicate at these three levels what should you communicate about you need to communicate about people and about places who are the people communicate about other your church members any significant church members that you may have or any problems with some church members that you may have the bible says there's nothing new under the sun you know so communicate about the good church members and the bad church members because every pastor has good church members and bad church members Mm -hmm. so communicate about people communicate about your wife communicate about your children communicate about friends and different people you meet and the different experiences you have also communicate about places the environment of your church how your churches your living conditions i mean when I went to India, one of the things I did was I sent pictures of my apartment. Oh, this is where I'm staying. This is how it looks like. Send pictures about the environment, the place, everything. So, um, diff- different things. Pastor Doting, I don't know if I've answered your question. I'm sure I have. Pastor Doting from Dominica, I think I've answered your question. Pastor Victor, you are welcome. Um, Pastor Ampere from Canada, you are welcome. Everyone else, Lady Pastor Dixon from India, you are welcome. Pastor Abhishek, what a blessing. Then Pastor Charles Egonleti, Egonleti, I think from Cameroon, you are welcome. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Pastor Eki Nyato, this sounds like Zimbabwe. Correct me if I'm wrong so we acknowledge you properly. Janelle Sims, as usual, always a blessing having you amen everyone is welcome lady pastor janelle bruce you are also welcome lady pastor asimwe from uganda you are welcome pastor stephen from malta you are also welcome everyone is welcome pastor richard pastor richard richardson from malta wow you are also welcome pastor jackson Langi from kinshasa God bless you all the pastors from Kinshasa, Pastor Raymond from Freetown, watching. You are blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, Pastor Charles Egunleti is from Benin. Wow. Wow. God bless you for watching. Hallelujah. Pastor Abhishek, Pastor Eki from Punjab. Wow. Punjab, India. Beautiful. Today, I want to talk to you about something very important about planting a network of churches before you run away from me (laughs) look the word church is at different levels a church with three people is a church a church with 30 people is a church 50 people is a church 100 people is a church so don't be frightened by the name church you can start a network of churches and I, and, I, and I came to tell you this morning that God expects you to plant a network of churches. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Everybody watching me in your lifetime try to plant a network of churches because of the advantage that comes with it. So your church, I mean, could give your church and every pastor has different names they call their churches. Some call them cells. Some call them fellowships. Some call them ministries. Some call them basentes. Some call them centers. Some call them branches. Some call them satellite churches. Some call them cell groups. Some call them family units. Some call them family churches. Different things. But wheresoever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's That's all. all. So whatever you call your church, it doesn't matter. One, Jesus is there. It is a church. And if you're a pastor, Mm -hmm. I want you to know that your commission Mm -hmm. is not just to start one church, but to start a network of family units, cell groups, basentes, centers, whatever you want to call them. Let me share a secret with you. Church growth is so difficult that unless you start a network of churches, you will never never. see a certain level of growth. Mm. I'll say it again. again, Church growth is so difficult, so time-consuming, so grueling, that except you start, except you start a network of churches, you will never see a certain level of growth. Look in the world. All big churches are part of a network of churches. All. Redeemed Christian Church of God, which is the biggest church in the world, largest church building, measuring three kilometers by five kilometers. Can you imagine it? (laughs) I'm serious. Most churches measure their floor space in feet. They measure in kilometers. I think at the last count, they had about 18,000 branches in the world. 18,000. Winners Chapel, also one of the largest churches in the world, they're also part of a network of churches. United Denominations, which is also one of the largest churches in the world, also have thousands of churches. Church of Pentecost, which is the largest church in Ghana, one of the largest churches in the world, also have almost... 20,000 branches. All large churches, Assemblies of God, um, Church of God in Christ, Baptist Church, Catholic Church. Every church that is a big church is part of a network of churches. Amen. Amen. So, even if you are a missionary in a country, never be satisfied with pastoring only one church. If you are a founder of a church, and so far, you have one nice, big, successful church of 400 people. Because I tell you, if you have 400 people in your church, it is not a small church. Mm. It's a good achievement. But I came to tell you this morning that God expects you to do more. Oh. Amen. Amen. God wants you to attempt great things for God. Wow. God is asking you also that can't you do just a little bit more? Wow. Amen. Amen. God wants you to go a little further. Mm. Do a bit more. Start at least one extra church. Send at least four of the most committed people to start new churches. Amen. Amen. Because there is an advantage to it and there's a great blessing. Hallelujah. That comes from um, plant or being part of a number of churches. You know, and, 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 and it is important for you to know that when Jesus was sending us to the world, he didn't send that only to Jerusalem. 
Jesus didn't expect just one church to be started. He said, start in Jerusalem. Then start a branch in Judea. Start another branch in Samaria. Start another branch in the uttermost part of the earth. So at least, at least, every pastor must have four churches. At least. When you fail, I mean, your, your starting point in ministry is four churches. Wow. Basic. Basic. If out of you, four churches have not come, you have not started the base form of ministry. Mm. According, to Jesus. According to Jesus. He said, um, be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, at most parts of the earth. At least four. At least four. Say at least four. At least four. At least four. At least four. And I'll share with you a secret. Share, if your main church has 500 members, it's successful. Mm. But think about it. If you can get 10 branches, 10 cells, 10 satellite churches, that also have only 50 people each. Mm. Suddenly, you've doubled your church attendance. Wow. It's easy to get 50 people in one year. But it is almost impossible to get 500 people in one year. So if you can start 10 other churches, each with only 50 people, don't ask for too much. Only 50 people. Suddenly you have 500 additional people to your church. Wow. Wow. Now let me share with you the second secret. These 10 branches will all bring their additional income to add to the income of the headquarters. And your income also will explode. Amen. Amen. Because where you start the branches, the members there are not likely to come to their headquarters. Mm. But as if (laughs) a network of churches is like a net. Mm -hmm. When there's a net, the larger the net, the more fishes it catches. Mm. Very simple. Because when the net is big, some, some of the fish will be caught on this part of the net. Others here others here, and the larger the net, the more the fish. I think it is common sense. Like you don't have to think much to to get a revelation. That the bigger the net, the more the fish it will catch. That is the reason why bigger churches are easier to grow than smaller churches. Because the net is bigger. (laughs) The net is bigger. So more people are able to join than a small church. It is the same principle that Jesus shared with us that he that has unto him that has shall more be given and he shall have abundance. So never make yourself somebody whose church is not growing. By all means, start a branch. By all means, start a branch. Otherwise, your church is not likely to do well. If you are listening to me, dear pastor, wherever you are, take, take this as an instruction from God to you. Just, just try it. You know, so that's why you need a book, Church Planting. You also need a book, The Mega Church. It's some, uh-huh, very good. Let's get it from here. I've seen it. No worry. No problem. No problem. I've gotten it. In order to do that, you need these books as well. The Mega Church. It contains the anointing and the strategies to make your church grow. You need this other book to church growth. It is possible. possible. Hey! 
It's not easy for, for your church to grow, but the anointing in this book, the wisdom keys, the strategies will help your church to grow. Amen. Amen. Three keys to planting a network of churches. Three keys to planting a network of churches. Number one, teach on how to do the work of the ministry. The Bible says that whatsoever a man sows, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. So, what you are reaping, it depends on you and it is your fault, it is your responsibility. What you sowed into the congregation, that is what you are reaping. So, if you want to reap pastors and people who can be pastors and shepherds of churches, sow those seeds into the congregation and remember, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. And the word of God has different dimensions. There are financial seeds, marital seeds, prosperity seeds, wisdom seeds, every kind of seed, moral seeds. Then there's also pastoral seeds. Yes, and depending on what you sow, that is what you will reap. So when you are a pastor who is determined to start churches, then you should consciously sow seeds of teaching on the work of God, the importance of the work of God. Plant the seeds of the work of God into your congregation. That is what you will reap. Like I was sharing with you yesterday or two days ago, when I joined the church within a month, I joined the shepherds or the cell leaders training school. Just when I had gotten born again, because, I mean, how did that idea come? I sat in church on Sunday morning as a new convert. I had not even been through new believers school. I have never been to new believers school. Peter also didn't go to new believers school. Neither did John nor the thief on the cross. But as I sat in church, a month after being born again, I heard Bishop say that we are starting the shepherd school next week. Anybody who wants to join should attend. Finish. (laughs) As a new convert, I decided to join. I wanted to do the work of God. So he said, anybody who wants to join should join. So I joined. Hey, they didn't want me to join. They said I was a new believer. I went to report the leaders of the (laughs) shepherd school to Bishop that, Bishop, the people are opposing your instruction. He didn't know me. I'd never spoken to him before. The first time I spoke to him was to report the pastors in charge of the shepherd school that they are opposing the decision for a new convert to join the (laughs) the shepherd school. And within six months, I joined the church on the 1st of January. By June, I was starting my first branch of the church. Because, see, I'm trying to make a point that the seed of working for God that bishop sowed grew in me. Mm. Here, here I am talking to you. (laughs) You don't have somebody like me because you have not sown that seed to reap it. Mm. It is not God's fault. He has written the Bible and we are not supposed to use it for anything that we want to use it for. Because when you go to churches where they sow a lot of financial seeds, the pastor is very rich. There's a church in Nigeria I know of. Only celebrities go there. The pastor has a Jaguar, a Hammer, a Porsche, wow. a Lamborghini, a this, a this. Yeah. But he has no branches. Pasta. But he has no branches. Choose, choose what you want in ministry. Choose what you want. But if you want branches, 
teach your congregation about the importance of doing the work of God, the benefits of doing the work of God, the blessings of doing the work of God. They will obey you. Whatsoever a man sows, so so that shall he reap. The Bible says that for ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's garden. The congregation is like a garden. What you plant in the garden, that is what you will harvest. I'm using myself as an example. Don't go far. Don't look far. After one month of being in the church, Bishop Dag, he was not stood in the pulpit on the Sunday. Said, anybody who wants to be trained to, a, to be a pastor, join the pastor's training program next week. We are starting. And, and I joined. When I joined, the, the leader said, Who are you? I said, I'm a member of the church. When did you join? Last month. They said, No, you cannot join. I said, Bishop announced that anybody who wants to join should join. So I've come. They said, no, no, no. You have to join. So I went back to Bishop and said, Bishop, please. The people said, they said, go and tell them. He didn't know me. See, the point I'm trying to make was he didn't know me. I was just a member of the congregation. Who took the words from the pulpit seriously? Granted, not everybody who heard the word acted on it. But please, Jesus thought that out of the word that was sown, only one out of four will obey and do well anyway. Anyway. So for the one or two who will obey you, it is worth it. I have started churches all over the world. It has been worth it. He, and, and here am I talking to you to start churches. Amen. Amen. Hear this principle that Bishop Dad shares with us. He said, this is the pattern of Christ. Teaching leaders is your greatest key to true church expansion. Jesus spent most of his time with his 12 disciples, his leaders. That's how come the church was propagated after he left. He would send the crowd away and he would start his pastoral training. In fact, when you read your Bible, from John chapter, I think, 6 or 7, to the end, he was with his disciples. Okay. Teaching them about the Holy Spirit, about church unity, loving one another, about love. He taught his disciples extensively alone. They would even ask him, why are you sharing without this revelation but you will not share it with the rest? They said, no, 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 no. To you, it is given to know the mysteries. The The leaders are supposed to be specially trained Mm. so that they will bring forth fruit. Here we are. Christ died resurrected, left his ministry in the hands of trained apostles. Mm. Here we are. Ordinary fishermen. Here we are. You too. If you take the time to train leaders, Mm. you would have the same thing. Bishop goes on to teach us in the book that um, when you train your church or teaching ordinary members is an investment into the church today. Mm. But teaching leaders it's an investment into the future of the church. Future. Yes. He also goes on to say that when you teach the ordinary members, you have invested in the growth of the church. But when you teach the leaders, you've invested in explosive growth. Hallelujah. So choose which of them you would want. Mm. Growth or explosive growth. But I choose explosive growth wow. because the time is short. Mm. We don't have much time to dilly-dally. Mm. Amen. Number two. Second key to planting a network of churches. Teach on loyalty. Hey! How can you start a network of churches without teaching on loyalty? 
Pastor Sowu, you are welcome. It's going to be a blessing today in the name of Jesus. Pa- ah, Bishop Dennis Favorite from Uganda, you are also welcome. Pastor Survivor from Italy, you are welcome. Loyalty. You see, <laughs> if you understand that the Bible says that then, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that there is no man on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. You should understand that all human beings are fallen. The nature of Satan or like Bishop thought that the seed of the serpent is in us. What is the seed of the serpent? The seed of the serpent is rebellion against God. It is in our nature. It is, it, it is intrinsically part of us. Like King David prayed and said, I was born in sin and in iniquity did my mother conceive me. Uh-huh. It is like sin is part of us. Like, like the Bible says that for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. It is so when you understand that it is in the nature of human beings to naturally do wrong and rebel, then you also understand that if the seed of Satan is naturally in us, then you are a wise pastor to therefore also sow intentionally the seed of, the, of God or the seed of the Holy Spirit which is the word of God. Said the seed is the word of God. So at the seed of the serpent is that you should counter soul seeds that will overcome the negative seeds that are already in us. Okay. Otherwise, when your churches are doing well, Jesus is building his church. The enemy will come in and scatter the flock. Scatter the flock. And Jesus predicted it. He said, I send you forth as sheep among wolves. Paul said that for I know that when I leave, ravenous wolves shall come among you, not sparing the flock. So you should prepare for it. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, he said, the, the prudent man or the wise man sees the evil ahead and he protects himself and he prepares himself. But the simple or some virgins say, the fool, they act as though everybody's an angel and, and then they are destroyed. I heard a wonderful saying, it is not in the Bible, but it's very prudent. The person said that expecting people to do good because you have been good to them. Listen. He said expecting people to do good to you or to return good to you because you have been good to them. It's like thinking that a lion shouldn't eat you because you have not eaten it. (laughs) Did you hear me? He said expecting people to do good because you have been good to them. It's like expecting a lion not to eat you because you have not eaten it. It's in the nature of the lion to eat you. If you don't want the lion to eat you, then you now have to take some extra measures that will prevent it. Not that that will talk to it or that will convince it, but it will prevent the lion from eating you. That's all you can do. And when you start a network of churches, you would need for them to continue to adhere, mm. to be attached, to be connected, to obey, to be subjected to the headquarters and the leadership of the church. Otherwise, your network will break up automatically. God's network broke up automatically when the serpent came into the garden. God had a church in heaven. Beautiful church. 
Then when, the, when Lucifer rose up, God's church was divided. In the same way, the Bible says, the servant is not greater than his master. If God's church would divide, then your church can also divide. Jesus said, have I not chosen you and one of you is a devil? If Jesus' church can have a devil, then your church can also have a devil. That's why you need to teach on loyalty. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. I want us to read it together. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Are you all there? He says, let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that the man be found faithful. What does this mean? To be a minister of Christ means that you believe in the gospel and all the fundamental forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the son of God. The, the Trinity, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God came in the flesh, laying on of hands, what the Bible says in Hebrews 5. Now, what does it mean to be a steward of the mysteries of Christ? Now we get into the more exciting part of the faith. Healing of the sick, gifts of the spirit, prophecies, raising of the dead, casting out devils, the anointing. You blow. People fall down. Hey! You say, I see you. And then people that are seen. You are anointed. That's what they mean to be a steward of the mysteries of God. They are mysteries. You can't explain them. You really can't explain them. How does the Holy Spirit get imparted in oil? You can't ex- you really can't explain it. You can get a similarity, but you cannot explain it because the Holy Spirit is not oil. Uh-huh. So these are mysteries. But in verse 2, he says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that the man be found faithful. What this verse means is that more important than the gifts of the spirit, more important than the anointing, more important than raising the dead, more important than blowing air. More important than having visions and going to heaven. More important than writing books. More important than having a worldwide ministry. It is required that the man be found faithful. It is, it is, more, it is more important than all these things. And experience will show. Experience will show. Look at John the Baptist. Who did he heal? John the Baptist. Which dead person did he raise? John the Baptist. Which wing did he blow? Nothing. But John the Baptist said, the person who called me told me, go baptize him. One day you baptize a man, the Holy Spirit will come upon him and remain. Tell everybody, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and you have finished your ministry. That's all. Now remember that John the Baptist came in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. So he had power to call down fire from heaven, John was anointed to do so many things. Mm. But none of those things that he could do was he supposed to do. Mm. The fact that you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Mm. So many times they'll tell Christ to do something and you say, no, I am not supposed to do it. Mm. Your faithfulness to your instruction, your faithfulness to your commission, Mm. not what you can do, is what will bring you a reward. Amen. So you need to teach it because it is, it is in the nature of human beings to quickly depart and become like devils. Teach on loyalty. Loyalty and disloyalty. Where are you? Uh-huh. Teach it. Get the books. 
Loyalty and disloyalty. Why is loyalty important? Loyalty is important because if there's no loyalty in your church, your church will divide it's true. all the time. Naturally, people who destroy the church will actually think that they are doing God's service, that they've noticed a problem, that they are correcting. You need to instill a culture of loyalty in order to prevent the devil from having a field day with your church. Jesus said, the prince of this world comes against me, but he has nothing in me. Hallelujah. That is why you need to teach on loyalty and disloyalty. Reverend Lavelle, you are welcome. Wow. Those who accuse you, hey, look. <laughs> Listen, if you are a pastor and you are serious, you need this book. To me, apart from the Bible, like the Bible, to me, this is the, probably the most important book for every pastor to have, apart from the Bible. Apart from the Bible. If you don't understand what is in this book, your, your ministry will not last long. Something will happen to you. You will understand what is happening. I tell you, you will run away and leave your church. If you don't understand this book. If you don't understand what's in this book. He said, Now is come salvation and strength. The kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Please. This is in heaven. Heaven, not on earth. This is, this is an account of something that was happening in heaven. Now it's come means it was not there. Why was it not there? How come that in heaven there was no salvation? There was no strength. The kingdom of God could not be manifested in heaven. Neither could the power of his Christ be manifested in heaven. The Bible says because the accuser of the brethren was there. Finish. The Bible said as soon as he was cast out, then they came. Salvation, strength, the kingdom of God, the power of his Christ. When you allow accusations to thrive, your church will be a weak church. Nobody will be saved. People will leave your church. In my department where I'm in charge, in my office where I'm in charge, when you come and work for me, the first thing I say is, please, you don't have to make me like you. You see, there are people who like to lick bottoms and gossip, say bad things about people, tell lies in order to gain favor. It doesn't work with me. It doesn't work with me. It will make me hate you with a passion. Because as you are talking to me about somebody, the next time you'll be talking to somebody about me. Because it is your nature. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The way he's like here, that's how he's like here. Yeah. I don't accept it. Yes. I tell you, you don't even have to like me. Don't even have to make me like you. I don't have to like you. We are all here to work for God. Don't come and accuse anybody to me. Don't come and say anything bad about anybody to me. Are you righteous yourself? Are you righteous yourself? (laughs) Yes. You see, when you do that, you allow the accuser to build a throne in your church. Yes. Those who are proud, teach it in the church. A proud person, eh, he doesn't follow instructions. Whatever you say, he thinks he's wiser than the head pastor. Okay. <laughs> that he knows something you don't know. Such people, you need this book to learn how to deal with them. Okay. Those, those who are proud, those who are proud. They, are, they are not impressed by anything in their church. 
Next book of loyalty. Those who are dangerous sons. They are sons. But they are dangerous sons. King David said, My own son who came out of my loins seeketh my life to kill me. You know, if you are going to succeed in ministry, eh, let me tell you something. You need to know how to fight those you love and you need to know how to love those you fight. It's a love fight. (laughs) It is a what? A love fight. Ministry is murky. The Bible says every battle of the warrior is with confused cry and with garments rolled in blood. Yeah. What did David say? He said, oh Lord, thou teachest my hands to fight and my fingers to battle. That a bow of steel is broken by my hand. Dangerous hands. If you give them a few days, you are finished. They will kill you. As you try to spare them, they will kill you. Look, if Absalom had caught David in Jerusalem. <laughs> King David would have regretted he didn't run away. Those who are ignorant. You know, in this book, Bishop teaches that 40% of this loyalty is the fault of the junior pastor. 40% of this loyalty is the fault of the senior pastor. And 20% of this loyalty is from unknown causes. Sadly, (laughs) this is the least thought of Bishop's books because this is the book that deals with the leader. Many leaders like to quickly blame some, somebody for their mistakes. But in this book, Bishop teaches that, look, you the leader, you can lead your church in a way that nobody will break away. Or because of how you lead your church, that is why people break away. So, dear pastor, get, get this book. You see, the Bible says that one of the seven wonderful things in the world it's a leader against whom there's no uprising. Okay. You can lead your church in a way that there's no uprising. Wow. Or, when an uprising occurs, your systems and your structures are so strong that their effect is mitigated. It is contained. It is not overly destructive to your system. You know, in the secular world, when they want to dispose of a bomb, they send in a bomb disposal team. Okay. One of the things of the thing they do is they put the bomb in a metal box because there are some bombs you cannot prevent the bombs from exploding. Mm -hmm. It will explode. It will explode. But you put the bomb in a container so so that the explosion is contained Mm. so that it doesn't destroy. Mm. That it will explode. But it will not destroy much. The next book you should teach your people as you send them to start branches is those, it's about those who forget. Those who forget. Mm. Hey! Every experienced pastor watching me, I know, you have had experiences where a young man joined your church. He was nothing. Ah, you know, when I went to visit a senior pastor, when I got to his church, I just wanted to go and fellowship with him. He was not there, so I, so I called him. said, I should wait. He's on his way. So I waited in my car. When he came, and he got down from his car, my first thought was, this man looks sick. He had lost weight. He was looking some way. 
Then he began to talk to me. Ah, these are people. These two people. Those who are dangerous sons and those who forget. He told me about a boy. He came to church one day. He had nothing. He was from the streets. He even began to sleep in the church at the construction site. But he was a good guy. He didn't have money to go to school. So they paid for him to go to university. Paid for him to do his master's degree. The, the pastor told me that he gave him his own shirt, his own tie. What a good guy. When he finished university, they got him into national service in the bank. One of the church members works in the bank, so they got him national service there. Then they lobbied for him to get a position that was vacant. And he rose and did well and then was established in the bank and prosperous. Suddenly, when people join the church and they get close to this guy, then they leave the church. So then one day it came out that this guy has been bad-mouthing the pastor. Telling the new converts who come. Don't get close to the pastor. If you get close to him, he will use you. And the man said he couldn't believe it. That if anybody should say I'm ungrateful and I use people, not this one. Not this one. Not this one. Another person, but not this one. Those who forget. But you know, there are specific cases in the Bible for those who forget. King David said, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning and let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Do you, do you know what it means? His right hand is what he used to play the harp. That gave him access to the king's palace. His right hand is what made him play the harp that we all say David's harp. His right hand is what he used to fight the lion and the bear. His right hand is what he used to throw the sling at Goliath. His right hand was the source of his success. He said, if I forget you what you've done for me, let me never be successful again. That's the reason why many rebellious people stop being successful. Big churches, as soon as they live in rebellion, nothing works again because the curse of David, it comes upon them. They forget how to do like their their senses. It takes leave of them. So, teach it in your church that they should remember when they didn't even know how to speak in tongues. How you laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Pastor Julius from Thailand, Bangkok, you are welcome. Kimberly Gavi, Kimberly Gavi, I think from Jamaica. Those who leave you, look, <laughs> listen, when, when you are experienced there, I tell you, you would have had an experience where somebody will leave you, eh? and the way they will leave, not that they've left, but the way they will leave, and the person who has left, and the way he left, that these two, the person who left, like the person in particular who left, Number one. Number two. The way they left. If you are not careful, you will leave your church. <laughs> yeah. You will be interested in church again. You need to read it. It will heal your heart. It will, it will be like a healing balm. 
for you. Yes. You know, one of the things I read in this book that blessed me, that has calmed me ever since I read it, is that, you know, God's um, bishop teaches in the book that, you know, God experiences people leaving him all the time. And sometimes you won't understand someone until you experience the fellowship of his suffering. Yeah. So sometimes when God wants to be able to relate with you more deeply, he will let you go through what he has experienced so that when he's talking to you, it's like, Charlie, we can talk together. Because we live... Think of how God felt when Lucifer left him. You too. Somebody will leave you so that you can feel what God felt. Then when you go to God, you say, oh God, now we are companions in the faith. <laughs> Those who pretend. Hey. Jesus said, when they asked them, what will be the signs of the end? Number one, take heed lest any man deceive you. The church is full of deceivers. Pastors deceiving church members. Church members deceiving pastors. Boys deceiving girls. Girls deceiving boys. Everybody deceiving everybody. Every deceiver. You know, I remember when I got born again and <laughs> I went for evangelism. The, one of the first times I went for house to house evangelism at a part of Accra, Ghana called Dansoman. Okay. I was a new member of the church. And you know, when I looked at Bishop, Bishop Saki and Bishop Adi, I said, ah, this is the Father, Son and Holy Ghost. So all the church members are like them. So I went for evangelism. I went to this house, knocked on the door. They allowed me in. I began to preach, 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 preach. Very powerful. Then they asked me, what church do you go to? I said, lighthouse. Then they burst out laughing. They were about two, two guys. They burst out laughing. Oh, why? They said, oh, you people are hypocrites. I said, no, you should have seen me that day. Because you see, in my naivety, I thought every single member of Lighthouse was like Bishop Dag, Bishop Saki, Bishop Adi. They said, we know so many Lighthouse members who are fornicated, die hard. I said, it is never true. I said, nobody in Lighthouse fornicated. You shall imagine their laughter. <laughs> this book will teach you how to navigate through the maze of pretenders who have failed our churches. Failed our churches. Signs and symptoms and strategies and keys to identify that, you know, this, this book is an exposition. Hey, we have to close. We have 10 minutes more. This book is an exposition about the difference between Ahitophel and Hushai the Akite and Ahitophel the Gilonite. Look, Hushai the Akite was your perfect pretender. But in a good way. Because he was pretending in favor of David against Absalom. Perfect pretender. And Bishop uses Hushai, even though he was pretending for a good cause, is the same principle for pretenders with a bad cause. Hey! Look, if you don't know this book, you can die. Eh? <laughs> Look, if Absalom, if Absalom had read this book, he would have seen that Hushai the Akai is a liar. 
and Absalom would have been alive up to today. I'm telling you. But Absalom didn't read those who pretend. (laughs) Finally, one of you is a devil. One of you is a devil. I'm telling you. What what does the Bible say? John 6, 70. Jesus answered and said, Me, Jesus, who is God? Have I not chosen you? I am the one who chose you. And one of you is a devil. Dear pastor, let me ask you a question. Number one, Jesus is God. Number two, when he came, he went for baptism, the Holy Ghost came upon him in a bodily form. Has the Holy Spirit come upon you in a bodily form? No. Are you God? No. After being baptized and the Holy Spirit coming upon him in a bodily form, he went to the desert 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted of the devil. Please, have you fasted for 40 days and 40 nights before? Has the devil come to you before? Okay. After that, he went up the mountain to pray all night before he chose the disciples. Please, did you go and pray in the mountain all night before you chose your disciple? No. If God, who the Holy Spirit came upon him in a bodily form, went to fast and pray for 40 days and nights, overcame the devil, went up the mountain to pray all night before he chose 12 disciples, and yet he had the devil, then you, what hope do you have? What hope do you have? Jesus had one devil. You are likely to have eight. Yes. That's why you need this book to learn how to identify devils. Because you will have them. The Bible says the servant is not greater than his master. Unless you are greater than Jesus. Unless you are greater than Jesus. Maybe you are. After all, the Bible says greater works than he shall eat me. But please, devils arrive in our midst, and the Bible says that the devil has come to the earth with great wrath, knowing that his time is short. Demonic activity is more active now than ever before. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So teach on loyalty. And number three, before we give number three, I want us to give an offering. I want you to plant a seed. Every given, look, every given everywhere. Pastor Jorgensen from Bangladesh, you are welcome. Everybody, I can see you. Reverend Ediam, I can see you. Lady Pastor Kimberly Garvey, I think from Jamaica, I can see you. Everybody, Pastor Julia from Thailand, every given. You can see the numbers on your screen from Thailand. You can pay by world remit or by PayPal. From London, you can pay by PayPal. Give an offering of one pound or one euro or ten Ghana CDs. Everybody given, every given from everywhere in the name of jesus to just bless us and to support us and to say god bless you you know i desire seeds from you that will redound even unto eternal life and go into your heavenly accounts all those from ghana you can pay by mtn mobile money pastor abel from gambia you can also pay by world remit all the different options are there you can pay by paypal those those in Italy from Europe, you can pay into our PayPal account to bless us and to support. Oh, Kimberly Gave is from Trinidad. Wow. All the way from Trinidad. God bless you. Pastor Stephen is giving by PayPal. Daniel Sims, every given. Pastor Nyato as well. 
God bless you. You know, I don't want to waste too much time on the offering. God will bless you as you give. So, no, go, go back, go back. So, I want you to just take a picture with your mobile phone. I don't want the offering to delay us because we are not here for money at all. But that will be a blessing to you. So, like the thing says at the bottom, God bless you as you give. That's right. You know, so God will bless you as you give. Take a picture with your mobile phone and when we go off air, you can still give in whichever way you are given back to the teaching. Key number three, teach on church administration. You see, many people don't understand that the church is a spiritual institution, Mm -hmm. but but it is on earth. (laughs) The church is is not yet in heaven. When Jesus comes after 1,000 years, he said that end up a new heaven and a new earth. But that new heaven and new earth has not yet come. Mm. So we also need to govern the church through common sense and practical keys. Mm-hmm. Practical and circular keys of administration. Mm. Let me give you an example. As you are watching me, are you having a vision or you are watching through your phone or your tablet or your television? Mm. Which of them? Is it a vision you are having? Mm. Like God are giving you a vision of me. Mm. And as I'm also speaking to you, Am I speaking to you by shouting or through a microphone? Uh-huh. So you see, in order to successfully accomplish the word of God, it is going to be an amalgamation. It is going to be a measure of both spiritual and physical things. And when it comes to church administration, we need to employ and engage secular wisdom keys wow. in order to advance the church. I will show you an example. or Several examples. When Jesus was going to feed the 5,000. If you read it in the book of Mark, the Bible says he made them sit down according to 50s. Mm-hmm. So Jesus arranged them 50, 50, 50, 50, mm-hmm. 50, 50. That's ad- administration. Okay. The organization. Administration just means the organization of the church. Okay. That's all. Organi- See, and a church has to be organized. Ooh, okay. God had a system of government. That is why he calls it the 24 elders. Those are the governors. The 24 elders are the 12 sons of Jacob and then the 12 disciples of Jesus. Those are the 24 elders. You see, in every church, there might be elders. Paul told Timothy that I have left you in Crete. Sorry, Titus. That I have left you in Crete to organize the church and then ordain elders. For a church to do well, it must be administered properly. And I tell you, huh? Depending on the, on the kind of demons you are fighting, mm. your primary demonic attack may come through administrative incompetence. Mm. Your administrative incompetence may close down your church far faster than your prayerlessness. Mm. Okay. I remember when I went to India, God impressed on my heart that I should um, register the church quickly. So, I gave myself to... Look, Almost 16, 17 hours a day, we were putting the church things in order. You don't believe it. On the 23rd of December, we got the registration permit. In three weeks' time, the church was under investigation. And if we had not secured the permit, we would not have had a mission in India by now. Because of prayerlessness, no! Preaching a false doctrine, no! Not paying our rent, no! Through administration incompetence, mm. it would have led to the closure of the church. Amen. Amen. So I encourage you that look, do not take 
church administration for granted. You know, when we were presenting the uh, documents for auditing, the auditor was shocked. He would say that I need these documents. And I said, okay, give me, I'll just pick my phone, call the church administrator and tell her that I am coming for these documents. Now tell the accountant that I'll be back in an hour. And he said, it, it is not possible. That many churches would need about three weeks to organize these documents. But we just needed about 30 minutes. Yeah. And that is what saved the church. The ability to coordinate administrative. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 24 that but unto you, you who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the wisdom of God and the power of God. And the not the, not the power of God and the wisdom of God. Listen, look at this. When Elijah was going to call fire from heaven on the uh, Mount Camel. What did he do? The Bible says the first thing he did was that he arranged the stones. Four by three, he arranged the stones. After he arranged the stones, fire came down. Not before. Administration is what brings the miracle. When there's no administration, you will not even be able to recognize the miracle when it comes. How did God create the earth? Very simple. The first thing he did was to, to administer the well. He divided the greater, sorry, the ninth from the day. Then he separated the greater light from the lesser ninth. Then he separated the waters from the dry land. God had brought in administration and order before. 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 Before, <laughs> before he began to create, before he created, he brought in order. Then the creation started. Your church will not see a certain level of breakthrough and miracles and advancement when there is disorder. What does the Bible say in conclusion? I've closed my book. We are closing. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. The more organized your church is, the more it is a sign that God is involved in your church. Hallelujah. Amen. Pray for yourself, we are closer. Oh, Sister Lulu Melsodo, you are welcome watching it. God bless you. Simon Levy, Kashukeba, from all over the world. Moria Kashuke Balabasukepaya. Nashikaya. Belasuma, Kuria, Abraham, he had 400 soldiers. There's no miracle without order. Listen, don't you find it amazing that God has a church register? Why don't you have a church register? How do I know that God has a church register? The Bible says very simply, that and in that days the books were opened. Mm. God has books of different records he keeps. Wow. What one of them is the book of remembrance mm. in Malachi. Mm. He writes things down. Mm. Another book he has is the book of life, where the names of all his church members are written. The Bible says, Whosoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast into, a, into everlasting fire. God has a register. a register. Why don't you have a register? It is godly. And the more godly you are, the more re- registered you will have. Wow. Father, we thank you for wisdom keys. Oh, yes. 
You are doing it. You are doing it. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Spirit move over me. Spirit move over me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move me now. Make my life whole again. Spirit move over me. Spirit I see the Holy Spirit coming upon you for church planting, for explosion in churches. I see the earth being covered with churches, new churches. Some have 10, some have 20, some have 50, some have 100. I see 1,000 churches coming out of this morning's preaching. Receive yours in Jesus' name. Receive your churches. In the islands, in Trinidad, in Trinidad, receive your churches. In India, receive your churches. In Thailand, receive your churches. Bangladesh, receive your churches. Australia, receive your churches. Philippines, Singapore, receive your churches. Uganda, receive your churches. Cape Town, South Africa, receive your churches. Karoshamaka Fulama Sakata. Roshiaka Tusamaka Nova Simala. Receive your churches in Ghana, in Benin, receive your churches, Canada, receive your churches, USA, receive your churches, Italy, receive your churches, United Kingdom, receive your churches, Suriname, receive your churches, Fiji Island, receive your churches, Mashaka Tosa, Iponiakasuma, Mozambique, receive your churches, Mashato Sakila, Togo. Receive your churches. Every coast, receive your churches. Mashuke Solama, Karako Shiva Kosamikala, Nigeria, receive your churches. Sierra Leone, receive your churches. Makalaba Sume, Malta, receive your churches. Mashokataya Bolaba Simaya, hey, 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 1,000 churches, 1,000 churches. Papua New Guinea. Receive your churches. Papua New Guinea. Receive your churches. I pray to the Lord of the harvest. 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 I ask you to send forth laborers. 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 Send forth laborers to start 1,000 churches. 1,000 churches. Nothing less than 1,000 churches. Yay. 
it is happening in Trinidad it is happening in Dominican Republic it is happening in Dominica it is happening hey Shaloba Uganda it is happening Russia Kaloba Sima Kafula Uganda it is happening Kenya Kenya it is happening Jesus Gambia Gambia it is happening receive your churches in the name of Jesus thank you that you have done it in Jesus name Amen. Amen thank you for watching see you on Tuesday God bless you Tuesday loyalty and disloyalty God bless you bye bye